Hello, welcome to Tip Manor Podcast, the penultimate episode of the 2021 season. Exciting times. This is actually a spontaneous pod for us. We decided to do this about five minutes ago. It just so happens everyone's free. So who have we got? You got me, James. We got Jack. Hello. Hello. We've got John. Evening. Good evening. And we've got Connor. Hi, Connor. Bonjour. Um, special call out. It's been 20 years since we left the manor, boys. Um, did anyone watch the the video of uh, Chris Williams and Martin Brodetsky walking around what is now the Manor Hospital on iFollow. Because I did. And it was nice. Did anyone else? Yeah, uh, I, I, I didn't. Saw a bit of, I saw a bit of it because it was, um, my friend used to live on Sandville Road. That's the one next to Beach Road. So I could sort of recognize a bit of that when they were, when they were there. It kind of worked. But I just remember thinking mm. like, that's why we named the podcast. So there it is. Just if anyone didn't know, um, yeah, t- manor, it's the manor. It's got the manor in it. Um, <laughs> I remember me and my mate once ran out because um, Paul Tate and Steve Andrews had parked a car in their parents' like parking space on the street, and we were like, "We can give you a parking pass if you want it." <laughs> <laughs> oh please! <laughs> um, right, uh, we had a bit of bit just straight into the news. Someone said they really liked the pod intro and outro music and they asked for the full track and who the band was. Um, and I'm proud to say it was just me in my pants messing around with instruments in my house. <laughs> Not realising that I was just completely ripping off. I did it to this tune of, you know, and it's Oxford United. Da, 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 da. But it's just a song, isn't it? What's it called? I don't even remember now. Wild Rover. Wild Rover, of course. And so I just felt it just proved my musical ignorance, did that whole kind of exchange. But anyway, thank you to Sideshow Rob on Yellow's Forum for calling it out. Um, other news, John, how do you feel about Ed Sheeran sponsor, sponsoring Ipswich? Announced today, hot off the press. It's a bold, bold move. Um, I mean, we take Radiohead sponsorship, so maybe it's where we need to move move towards so good luck to him and them um i don't think it'll be a long-term deal but you know <laughs> no there you go jack would you radiohead or supergrass on the oxford shirt could we have both or one on the shorts why not am i missing anyone out rock of travolta other such bands foals actually foals went to yeah. foals yeah they were in summertown decent um what are we doing today marcus mcguain boys been announced today um john how i i think it was as soon as we saw some kind of announcement a few weeks ago that we were interested in all of us were just thinking oh for god's sake why have we gone and said that i don't think any of us expected that to be wrapped up before the season concluded yeah it's got to give a lot of um credit to care on the board for for wrapping this up, it, it feels like the timings worked well. The messaging out of Nottingham Forest was, this seems like the right move for him as well. So I think it's the right things have fallen into play. Um, yeah, we can have a moan about why do we need to say these things before they happen. But he's definitely a good player worth having in. Fine, there's a few possible risks around his injury record. But I think we'll have done our homework on that. So it's a, it's a great signing and I think it 
it brings the midfield that one step closer potentially. Um, still some things yeah. to be worked out in there. There's there's balance sort of things to, to chat about, but got to be pleased with that and the fact it's done now as well. Yeah, and Jack, what do you reckon? Do you reckon that spells the end for Brannigan, or do you think he's there to com- compliment Cam? I think it's probably to compliment, although I imagine we'll get some kind of interest in him. But KR did the whole, oh, Cameron will go to the top of the game playing in the deeper role type spiel about three weeks ago. So it it might be more of a Gorin and Brannigan rotation type thing in that holding role next season if if they're both still around, as we know Gorin is, um, and McGuane to be the proper almost number 10 um, drive-in midfielder that we that we have missed, although Sykes has shown it with one of the Shrewsbury goals last week. Um, but no, I think Brannigan, even a Brannigan, Gorin, McGuane midfield um, sounds quite good to me. Yeah. Connor, are you back with us? I am, yeah. You're okay. Yeah. You fall over. I am, yeah. I'm, I'm just a bit upset, James, because you work for Sky and I'm with Sky as my internet provider and to be quite frank, mate, you're not doing a good job. I sort it out. You need to move from your ADSL connection to fibre, Connor, <laughs> and sort it out. Um, to be honest with you, my dad, my dad will probably listen to this, so I'll, I'll tell him to well, take there you note. Go. There you go, Nick. Get uh, on with it. Nick. Starts at twenty eight ninety nine, plus a <laughs> one off installation fee. Um, Connor, what do you it? think about? Uh, I can't install it. No. <laughs> What do you think about um, <laughs> what do you think about McGuane? I the, the Forest fans were um upset. When you look at like the kind of yeah. news posts, they looked to rate they were pretty yeah. upset. Yeah, I had a look on Twitter as well on some of their responses earlier, and it seemed like a few of them were quite puzzled. Um but I also think some of them were a bit uh they, they, they kinda of like pointed the finger at their club because it seems like a lot of them said that it was like another wasted signing, as in it was another one who they'd brought in and then just disappeared and not really done much for them. I mean, to be honest with you, I couldn't really care less about that because he's coming to my club and seems like it's a great signing. Um, I mean, John's already touched upon um, his injury stuff, which you just hope goes well. Um, he doesn't have any setbacks, but I think it's a, a real sign of intent, hopefully. Uh, but also, it's one of those things where I think for a player of his quality, um, if we were to go up, uh, this season, then I think he'd fit straight into into our side as a as a championship team as well. Um, and I think he'll be probably punching above his weight, perhaps in League One at times next season. Hopefully, if if we're in League One, so I wonder, and see. But I wonder what we um, yeah. paid for him. How long was his contract yeah. after Forest? He had another no another year. Right. Not mm. if not another two actually. He signed a two and a half yeah. year deal in February twenty twenty. So. I can't wait that works out as. Yeah. yeah, another year and a half, yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to know the figures behind it, but the thing is with football nowadays is everything is so, you know, everything's undisclosed, isn't it? You're never really going to find find out what it was truly. Um, I imagine it was probably at least at least six figures, at least. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I, you know, I definitely think it will be... A couple of hundred thousand at least, as in more than a couple. But Yeah, I think it'll be more. Yeah. Um. Brannigan, there was some news article, wasn't there, about, yeah, as we said before, but bids coming in from Millwall and Preston, so interesting to see what happens there. Um, other kind of news on, in the transfer world, Jack, you put a couple of notes on Nicky Cadden's been mentioned before, hasn't he? Yeah, that was one that was allegedly close in January, so that that's probably lazy, um, lazy 
kind of fake in the no accounts linking two things together. But a- another name that was again thrown out there by one of the the various things that claim to have knowledge on Twitter is Callum Conley, who's a defender who can play any way, anywhere, even across the back four. Who's been on loan at Fleetwood for a couple of years from Everton and is out of contract at Everton. So on paper, he's the kind of young player leaving Premier League club to make his next step kind of signing that we we have made. And yeah. we probably would want a defender if Ruffles was to go or a second option to Long, etc. So there could be something in it, but we'll see what happens. I saw you put a note on there about um, Burnley being interested in Rob Dickey and referencing a sell-on. Surely we've got a sell-on. Who knows? It's like Connor just said, deals are so kind of... Um, kept to one line now that I think we just said we've sold Rob Dickey for an undisclosed fee whereas in the past we've said things like we've sold Marvin Johnson for a fee plus instalments plus sell on or whatever so we'll just have to see mm. I can't see Rob Dickey doing badly at Burnley yeah right <laughs> with big old Sean I told to that it's, it's, it's that, not... was, that was quite good James that was I think anyone can do a Sean Dyche can't they you just got to get in the mind Right, yeah. Yeah, decent performance, not bad at all. He's very good with the media as well, wasn't he? <laughs> anyway, um, John, what do you reckon about Mr. Massinho getting that role at the PFA? Um, what is he, the ch- a chair? Does he just cover a certain league? I don't even know the details of this. So he's the, he's the new chair of the PFA, so he's kind of taken on the role that Ben Perkis had before, and we'll obviously remember him as playing for us. And... Um, yeah, I didn't think um, this was anything that was massively expected. But I mean, we all know what he's like in terms of how he speaks about the game. And, you know, he's certainly very diplomatic and, and balanced. So, I mean, the, the politics of the PFA are very kind of entangled with Gordon Taylor and all the sort of huge salary he was on. And But then, you know, they've stood up well against the salary cap from their perspective and done a job for their players and that side of things. But... It's hard to know where Mourinho fits. Mourinho, Mourinho <laughs> fits in um in the kind of old old guard, new guard type of stuff in the PFA. Really, and um, these are institutions that are hard to reform. So yeah, who knows? Do, do you think he stays? Is he keeping his role with the club? I take it and doing that as well. Yeah, this is just an additional thing. I I don't know whether it's paid or or not actually, but it's. I mean, whether he plays again next season with us is looking pretty unlikely and we get back into the debates around centre-back cover because as we touched on with some of these rumours to me it still feels like we need some sort of fresh blood into the squad and to sort of answer some of those sort of personality type questions we talked about in the start of the season yeah yeah if you bring sort of Barker back in McGuane and and so on it's all the same sort of players where's the sort of new characters or new sort of fresh fresh angle but I mean it's difficult to see where that comes if we sign whoever we think we will do Barker we probably won't I suppose but. I don't know I still I think um, it's a good s- signal of intent with um, McGuane maybe we are going to throw a bit of money around everyone kept talking about that next step didn't they like the model is the model regardless of how much money you spend um you know, it just means you're you're paying more for the players to bring them in. Then you're ideally you're selling them for more at the same time. Um, what about lads? Player of the season? Has everyone voted? Connor, who did you go for? Rob Atkinson. Okay, fair. 
over more yeah. and long. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think. I, I mean, I suppose it's. Uh, it might not be a valid reason, but it's my choice. It's just. I just think his age comes into things at this point. I think he's done so well, and his first season in in, you know, uh, league football, and as I, and his age, I think he's stood out for me. Um, yes, of course, Long and Moore both had excellent seasons as well, and they were. They were my other two picks, so um, they were up there. But for me, I think Atkinson deserves cool. deserves some credit this year. Nice. Your Tesco broadband is uh, breaking up a little bit, Connor, but we heard you. Um, good for Rob Atkinson to get into the League One Team of the Year as well, um, which is quite a big step for him. Um, Jack, any advances on Rob Atkinson? I went to Elliot Moore. I think... Um... Atkinson's probably the more, uh, I don't know what word to use, sexy player because he brings, you know, he drives forward with the ball, um, whereas Moore does the more solid stuff. But I think he's probably come on the most in the squad alongside Sam Long. And from a personal point of view, I think he lost his dad in the summer as well. So for him to produce a season like he has done, I think it says a lot about him as a character. Um, and he's yeah. one that we need to get on a new contract because he's only got a year left. Absolutely. John, what about you? So I went for Sam Long, just to um, show some variation. I was reminded earlier when I was thinking about this that when we had Stevie Kinneber on the pod and he told that story about how he was a, a Kettering game or a reserve game and Sam Long was there and he was kind of like, Sam, what are you doing here? And it was essentially saying, you've really fallen quite a long way. And if you think about where he is now, for me, I don't disagree with the points made about Atkinson and Moore, but the story of Sam Long this season, if you if you put all the crap that's going on in the world, it's just been invigorating. And that goal against Plymouth was amazing. And I thought when, this, when the defence was rubbish at the start of the season, Sam Long was the player that was the best of all of them. I thought Moore made some big mistakes for some goals in that really bad part as well. Um, but then... You know, I can. I think Atkinson's first season has been amazing. For me, it's just where it's just Sam Long. We would never have predicted this in a million years. So for me, it was Sam Long all the way. Yeah, I, I'm the same. I, I voted for for Sam Long. And if I talked to past James from a year ago and said I'd be voting for Sam Long Player of the Season this season, yeah, absolutely, I would, I'd just absolutely no chance. But I was about to say exactly the same thing. Like the versatility he showed early on in the season to be our probably our best. And Left, probably most right, consistent. Back, yeah, yeah, as a centre back, yeah, he was still the most consistent defender at that point in time. Then he kind of came out of the side, then went back in, and I think he's. I absolutely hold my hands up. I did not think he had what he's showing us in him, um, and it's been it's been brilliant. It's so nice for someone to come through the ranks and just keep plugging away, and he's just reaping the rewards. I know. Also, have you known anyone ever to discover the pace like he's? discovered the pace i just don't think usually it's not a thing is it even in video games you might get you know your aggression up or something else you don't just develop that pace um but yeah just incredible from him um and i have to say just going on to goal of the season that plymouth away goal probably is my favorite actually i loved absolutely loved that It, it was an important goal um the move was great it was all about him making a taking a risk in the middle of the park, wasn't it? To drive forwards, find a find a neat pass out and then great finish. Um let's keep on with this then boys. Goal of the season, Connor. 
I, well, my vote I think goes for Taylor's um, against Accrington away, purely because it kind of reminded me of the season before last where Taylor and Henry were just, you know, linking so well together. And uh, I, I kind of like rem- rem- reminiscing on that. So that ball from Henry, obviously it was uh, uh, a deep ball forward and then the, the chest and then the kind of emphatic volley was just, yeah, it was, it was filth. So I'm going for Taylor. <laughs> it was versus. tidy. Nice. Who wants to go next? Go on, Jack. Um, I think Barker's at crew. I think for a League One winger to have the balls and the belief to take on those two defenders as he did, just the kind of like nonchalant flick one side, run the other, knock it past, and then to keep the ball under control and get a good shot away, which is something far above this division. Um, and that's why I don't think we'll have him next year, sadly. John? I'm, I'm going to go with probably one of the Henry goals. Um, I know I can be a bit of a Henry fanboy at times, but for me, a, a, a sort of 20-yard drive is always a good goal. And um, the one against Rochdale was kind of, he absolutely creamed it. The one against Sunderland as well, maybe the goalkeeper should have done better with that. But there was something about the way he hits it really kind of like does it for me so to speak um oh yes i'm, I'm so, picturing um, the vic reeves like rubbing legs on shooting yeah stars. exactly exactly yeah. like that so um i think for me one of those henry goals where he just gets that space and just hammers it and it's crisp and it just goes goes in and it's the way it's the goals that he was scoring now that the shots he was taking early in the season he wasn't hitting them like that yeah. so i think I- I don't know. I could argue, I could go for all of them to be honest. I think there's something about Henry Henry's goals that for me hit hit the spot. <laughs> all right, Alan. <laughs> I remember earlier on in the season though, you definitely were picking up on that a lot. Like his shooting, and when we were watching a lot of games together, we were often saying, you know, he's taking pot shots, and none of it was getting anywhere near. And then he suddenly kind of had the had the spell out, came back. You're right, actually. I completely forgot about that goal versus Rochdale because of what happened with Shadipo at the end. But it was one of them where in the goal cam, it just went through the keeper. Like it just went bosh straight through him. Amazing. Are you going to break the tie, James? Because we've all, we've all gone different ways. Um, I said I said long at Plymouth. Okay, I kicked it so off. We've, so we've all gone different then. Fair enough. Yeah, I just wanted to do a nice like tie into the previous section. It's just, you know, effective hosting a, and all that. Let's do a Twitter poll. For people, I think I think the club have already done that. Really, maybe it'd be good to see. <laughs> ah, sod them. Yeah, Shrewsbury away, boys. Um, I just, firstly, I was so distraught with I follow um, that I've only just got over it. I've never. Been, it was so frustrating trying to trying to watch the game. Um, I think Jack, were you out and about anyway when this was on, or was that the prior game? No, yeah, I was um, sat in the. Sun in Sheffield with various apps trying to get things to work properly. Yeah. I mean, all of us were just clamoring on iFollow trying to get get a feed working. It was just um complete nightmare. And obviously, we took the lead after three minutes. So you just could hear... We had the radio on, so you could hear a beautiful description from Nathan of um Sykes, you know, breaking from deep through the... Passing it out to Taylor across to Elliot Lee. Lovely goal, John, wasn't it? Could yeah, do really, more of that. Just more kind of clear movement, like it was a, a clear pattern that we're all working to. And 
Elliot Lee's what three or four in the last few games. He's really coming coming to life, and I think he was before, but he really looks like the player that when we signed, we all got quite excited about. And he's one I'd really like to see come back. He's just kind of got he's got that composure that you know it's an obvious comparison, but a Chris Maguire has and he sort of slows the game down which is what I really like about him as well in a good way not in the terms of a the attack slows down if you know what I mean so we went 1-0 up um but then we obviously love a 3-2 away at Shrewsbury so we you know want to put ourselves 2-1 behind which we have done the last the prior two years and then Jack they go 2-1 up and then we're suddenly thinking surely we can't come back a la Gillingham all over again but yeah Tough times. Yeah, I think the frustrating thing was as well, having watched the like extended highlights back, um, was about a minute before they scored from the corner, they'd had basically the same corner routine and a header went wide and we didn't learn. Um but actually, how many times have we come back from a couple of goals or a goal a goal down in the last few weeks? It is, you know, it's, it, it's becoming quite useful. Um, and again, Adji with another goal off the bench. I think he's only been on for five minutes this time. So we're, we're, yeah. we're seeing goals right around the team. Like John said, Lee scored a few, but I think was it after the crew game, we'd had 10 different goal scorers. Um, so we're, we're not relying on Taylor, which is which is good. It's interesting, isn't it? Because um, like you say, we've we found a way to come back into games. So even when teams are sat sitting back, like what Gillingham did really blatantly. And then also Shrewsbury, it, it was noticeable that by them sitting back, we were either just you know driving and overlapping down the flanks or we were just throwing balls in the box. And you saw a bit of kind of both with how the midfielders got up to support for Henry's goal. Who laid it off? Was It Elliot? It was Elliot Lee, wasn't it? Who laid it off for Henry for the equaliser. That was such a smart goal. Again, really intelligent play. And then like you said... The Adji goal was just punted up towards Winnell, wasn't it? Kind of dropped down Adji's feet. And then John, that strength and power that we know he's got and is always, you know, widely publicised, that was just what that third goal was all about. Yeah, but again, intelligent movement from him. You saw him sort of see where the ball might land and kind of moved into that space. And then I think if I'm the defender, I'm incredibly annoyed with how that ball ultimately went went in but still fair play to Adji not not doing him down from that he's, he's done particularly well I mean if you come back to the goals in the squad I mean that what was that post a few weeks back when it pointed out that something like 15 odd goals from our defence I mean how how common is that when you look at Taylor Taylor's got 17 which is a great season off the back of it yeah but, but to me it feels like he's been really inconsistent a lot of the season and had a lot, a lot of chances, but yet he still scored 17. Shadipo's got nine, but they seem to be all in the first half of the season. Henry's just turned up. It's coming back to the sort of player of the season thing. I think I made the point, someone that there's not actually that many contenders in the midfield and attacking part of the team, yet we scored 73, four goals or something like third, that. I think I put in the notes, actually, we're the third highest scorers in the league. Um, last time I checked, um, which is, yeah, it's, it's amazing. Like you say, I think a big part of that is how the defensive contributed to it. But I suppose if you look at the points where we're at, it's players scoring important goals, 
as well. There's not a lot of dead goals, so to speak. There can't be or else we wouldn't be on the position we're in. Kind of drifting into end of season type talk. But um, I think Adji's, well, we know he's scored some big goals this season and um, his role next season's really, really interesting as well because how long he's got a justifiable case to want to play pretty regularly and we need to make that work. But we've got Winnell and Taylor. It's... It's it's a strange situation given where we are in the season. Yeah, do you, Jack, do you think Aji will still be pressing for that kind of central position, or do you think he's going to find more game time out wide? It's an interesting one, isn't it? Because I think we touched on last week. I'm not sure we have a what you'd call a proper winger contracted for next season. Um, so you know we've seen him play very well out wide. So d- does he become? the first option on one side or does he become, do we have a bit of a rotation thing or is, or is it simply who has a good pre-season and starts starts as the first choice striker? Um, can you rely on Sam Winnell to be available for more than 20 games in the season? Um, we know Taylor does go through some kind of dry patches. So if Adji is going to continue developing, and that's the thing since he's been at the club, he has developed year on year. And this will be what his third season next year. If he continues to develop, then there's no reason he can't be the regular number nine, if you like. Yeah. Do you reckon, John? Do you reckon it will be the same three? Like Taylor's still contracted, Winnell's got another year, and Aji's still going to be about. So do you do you reckon we'll pull a further person in, or do you reckon that's just it? I don't see anyone coming in for those players in terms of them leaving or it'd be a late loan if for some reason some players did come in and chaos always made out that they're certainly Winnell and Taylor is all he needs it's more about the wingers on either side so mm. if the system is going to stay as it is which even so it will always be one striker regardless you can't really make much of a case for bringing in another striker it's it's going to be about two options for each for each wing one of them hopefully is Henry, then maybe Adji's one, and then you need two other wingers again. So I, I can't see another striker coming in. Um, Winnell yeah. does possibly look like there's signs of sort of, since he's had a haircut, he's looked a lot better. So <laughs> you know. I agree with that. He just looks a bit scary, doesn't he? Less trampy. It's good. Yeah. Um, how many, I'd like to see how many, like, goals Adji's got and actually minutes per goal as well um I'll go and look at that after this because I think he must can't be doing too badly uh, when you actually look at the stats um so league one then and there's one game left there's some sadly the results on Tuesday night weren't ideal for us what was it um Charlton beat Link was it Lincoln 3-1 and then what was the other game Blackpool, Blackpool beating won. Doncaster, wasn't it? Um, I think we were, all, we were all getting nervous about our goal difference. And then uh, Lincoln scored <laughs> and we kind of calmed down, which is, you know, is the real positive for us. Um, two goals on Portsmouth, you know, it's not a bad position to be. No, I still really liked the idea of Doncaster picking something up. If they'd have just managed to randomly win and there were two positions up for grabs, it would have been interesting to see what Blackpool would have done. Um, 
albeit isn't their last game. Yeah, Bristol Rovers at home. So, you know, it would have been an unlikely thing to turn. They only needed a point to get their playoff place. So they've been ugh. the best they've been the best looking team I think we've played. Certainly when they came and beat us at home. I think it was Blackpool. They they, two, they looked, was it two nil? I don't Yeah, they just looked like they were comprehensively a good all round team. As were Doncaster pre Darren Moore leaving. So I think Blackpool are the strongest in there. Um well, they they just Whatever. scored two set pieces, didn't they? Just thinking back, it was I think it was two corners and then they just rode out the game and we did did nothing really, apart from mm. Sykes thinking back had a really good chance. But yeah. Um the whole thing that I was talking about on the last pod where um no team has had to get more than seventy four points in the last nine seasons to get sick you know, get into the playoffs is now starting to terrify me. Um, Jack, what do you, you kind of heart and head, what what are you thinking is going to transpire on um, a Sunday, isn't it? Midday on Sunday. Um, I still think that all three teams could well lose. Um, I've been worried about the Burton game from our running for a while. I think the Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank factor... Um, they've obviously picked up massively. Um, they'll want to get us back for the 5-1 on New Year's Day or whenever it was. They'll come and be a bit kind of free-flowing, I think. I don't think they'll be too fussed about um, sitting and parking the bus, so to speak. Um, I think Aki could well do a job on Portsmouth. Um, I'm not convinced that Charlton will get anything against Hull. So, I, yeah, I think it could well finish as it is, sadly. I mean, that is the most depressing thought. That would be so... I can't... I don't think I can bear Pompey dropping points and us not not making it. But um, you're right. Burton are on a good run of... Actually, I keep saying they're on a good run of form. Their form's dipped, hasn't it? They've only won one in their last five. But I think it was the case that you can look at their form in two different ways. They've only won once in their last five, but they've only lost once in their last nine. Um, it's funny how you can like turn stats to <laughs> make it more terrifying, but it means they're definitely there to be able to take points off us, if anything, right? John, my how are my you theory, feeling? well, said so my theory with the Burton game, and if you park the other games going on, is we need to stay in the game, ideally leading, obviously, but stay in the game for at least till sixty minutes, and then, in theory. That's when Burton, who might turn up and be free-flowing, not not caring what they do, that eventually that sort of desire and that kind of extra energy would start to fade in a team that has, in theory, not a lot to play for, or as a, or as a unit is not going to have as much to play for. There'll still be individuals who will be like wanting to impress and all that sort of jazz. So if we can stay in the game, then we try and almost try and get it later on. I think I think Jack's right. I think Aki can do a job against Portsmouth if they need to, and then Hull, well, yeah, they they could be very relaxed and just put put two past Charlton before we even get there. So I can see a scenario where it, it works out for us, but do I kind of feel confident about that? You know, it, I, we could, I could see us drawing it as well. I don't think we're going to lose. Um, 
but yeah, it's it's just it's just too much. <laughs> just I know, too much. I, it's stressing me out. I didn't. Re- it's weird thinking um, they must have had a game cancelled or something because um, Pompey and Aki played each other, didn't they? Like a week or two ago in that three-three John Marquis hat trick game. Um, I just didn't. I, I was looking at their results and only re- realized that was just that's literally just gone. So they've got very recent previous when it comes to uh, getting a draw um, at Pompey when you're talking about Accrington. So yeah, let's see, see what happens. I'm feeling quite ill. Um, but are you, are you just kind of just feeling ill about the whole thing, or do you have a premonition? <laughs> I think um, I think we'll win, but I think Pompey will win as well is where I think it will get to. I just don't want it to be heartbreaking. I don't want us to be spend the whole afternoon in sixth place with the as-it-stands table, only for it to be ripped away from us in like the 83rd minute or something like that. I just I want it to be over early if it's going <laughs> to take, take the pain away at the beginning. Don't I think I want, me... I want the opposite. I don't want Portsmouth to be 2-0 up after 25 minutes. Oh, and, and sort of I suppose, yeah. Aki kind of... Give up, give up. But then, to be fair, John Coleman is a, a good manager. I don't think. I think the fact they've effectively been mid-table for most season, most of the season, I think, demonstrates a level of consistency. So, yeah. I, I think John Coleman will absolutely thrive on the fact that they could go to Fratton Park and prevent Pompey from getting in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I, yeah, I. <laughs> I'm not gonna no. I'm not gonna say that because that's too, <laughs> getting too confident. But um, yeah, I, yeah. Well, who knows? I think this season has been twists and turns. I don't expect Saturday to be any different. And if you know, we've been used to last minute twists and big ones at that. So you know, Jer- Jerome was saying in um, on the last kind of BBC Oxford coverage that it's actually a shame that Fratton Park won't be full because if there was ever, <laughs> it's it's one of those where if Accrington they would love that as well, wouldn't they? They'd love to go there and just ruin the party. Um, I don't know. I think it would have been interesting, but I don't think, I'm not. That. I'm not so sure about the like, Sam being full. <laughs> no, <laughs> but you know, it goes can go. It can go either way, can't it? Because of the momentum of the match. It made me feel quite excited though when Jack was talking. When when you're talking about John Coleman and you know just like, using that, that's his team talk done, isn't it? Like prove that you. You spent a lot of the season up there, didn't they? So it's like proved that heading into next season, you know, you're competing with these teams. I hope the Accrington players are listening. Um, just as a bit of extra motivation. Oh, but yeah, um, Rochdale went down, didn't they, as well? Which I, I felt I did feel bad for them. It's good away day that, especially for us up north. Um, lovely people around there, and it's a really good club. And they played some really good football. It was just ridiculous football at times, conceding, what, 78 goals? It's like 100 and, what's that, like 130 goals in their games altogether or something? Just something bizarre. One um, of my friends is a Rochdale fan, and I was saying similar things to him about, you know, you're basically like a neutral's favourite in League One, and you play such great football. And he gave me that look of, yeah, but you don't support them, mate. <laughs> like, <laughs> as in, you don't see the losses every week or not. And I was like, yeah, that is a fair point. But, I mean, fair play to Wigan as well. I mean, given everything they've gone through, to sort of nick it and stay up is um is a fair is a fair 
decision, really. Um, yeah. AFC Wimbledon pulled off the usual great escape, so we'll never see the back of them, probably. I'm quite happy for them in a weird way because they've just got the new stadium. Yeah, it's quite yeah. a nice story, isn't it? Like, hopefully when fans are back, you know, they can press on a bit. I think it's good for them. Um, yeah, so the, um, everyone the, be terrified. The, the assistant manager at Swindon has just been charged with um, something to do with taking cash for getting players into the club from when he was at Barnsley or something. So it's really good. Petty cash. God knows what it, what it is, but um, basically everything's really going rosy for, for them. <laughs> Do you see what? Steve Evans was being linked with them as a strange summer? I, I mean, I, why would... I mean, I'm not his biggest fan anyway, but why would he Yet you talk not want to continue his project at Gillingham to drop down a level unless there's money involved? Money. That's literally all it is at this you know stage of his career. It would only be money if he were to go. I kind of understand it as well when it's at that level. Don't know, the big tomato. See what he does. Um, let's finish up then on um, just remind ourselves of our predictions. So when we did the first pod of the season, we had Tony on, um, who just written up his own prediction in the in four four two magazine, and he predicted us to finish seventh. And then on the pod, I think due to all of our optimism, he kind of said sixth on the last day or something, which was. A t- it's a terrifying premonition. Um, <laughs> so let's hope Tony's right. I think I said second behind Peterborough. Uh, yeah, I got that a bit wrong, but I was right that Operation Vengeance would would finish up. Um, John, do you remember what you said? I said fifth, which, well, I mean, you know, if we end up sixth, I'll absolutely take, take that. Um, but it's not been the season that, any of us thought it would be in some ways I'm still amazed that we are where we are really um we've beaten the teams we should and not had a sniff against the teams that are above us but yet but where we are it's it really is kind of such a hard one to kind of think think back across and where we've been and where we've come from yeah absolutely it's still a successful season come what come what may really Jack, what did you predict? I think I just said generic playoffs, but within a chance of autos on the last day. So I got the um, exciting last day bit correct. I suppose I could get the playoffs right if the exciting last day goes our way. But like, yeah, like John said, I think we all expected to kick on kind of pushing for comfortably playoffs after last season, but equally... I'm sure if we listen back to some of our podcasts from October, um, <laughs> we wouldn't have been expecting to be talking about finishing sixth on yeah. the final day. So, we, it's, we yeah, a, it's a strange one. We had a bit of a debate about that on WhatsApp, didn't we? Because KR and others keep referencing, well, given the start we had, it's great to be you know in this position, and you know, given the start we had, it's a great season now. And I do. I think you've got to look at that in positive terms and you've got to think that, you know, if we get to 74 points, that would have been a great, it's a good season regardless, isn't it? Like that's a good total to be getting to. Um, and it's probably about where we should be based on budget. Um, but it still was annoying me, the whole reference to the start of the season as if it was like a separate team with a separate manager. 
Like it's part of the, I don't know, maybe I'm just, it was as if it wasn't their responsibility <laughs> the way it was being referred back to. But um, no, we just can't a, keep starting like that, can we? It's a big part of this season's narrative. You you can point to to individual games where we should have done better and then you can point to other teams or they also had some bizarre one-off results. But ultimately, I'm, in my view, if we'd changed a few things quicker in that early days, basically did what... Do you remember when we played Portsmouth and we went really, we were really tentative but we went really solid and really tight? If we'd done that earlier, maybe we nick a couple of draws out of those earlier games and we are one point clear. It's things like that for me is why the start is a thing. And like you say, we can't, we can't avoid it. Yeah, but at the same time, Jack, you've made a load of good points recently to like not obsess over individual results because every team in the league has got those batshit games and results they can refer back to. Yeah, and, and, and equally, we've probably had more of the blimey in this game done style comebacks, Rochdale, Gillingham, Plymouth, um, not sorry, Plymouth, uh, Shrewsbury, Last week, so there's three games straight away where you just think we might not, we might that we might be six points worse off. Or yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's yeah. You, I think sometimes you can get so obsessed with what if we'd have done this there or that here or everything else. Um, but I think the one thing that everyone can agree on is that if you're going to be bottom after twelve games or whatever it was, then you're giving yourself a lot to do, um, and that will be the reason why. If we miss out, it will be the first 12 games not dropping a point at Northampton or wherever else. Yeah. Right. I think that's about it, boys. Um, It's quite weird to think that the next pod we could do, we could be previewing a playoff semi-final. (laughs) Or I think if we're not doing that, we'll do a season wrap-up type thing. Maybe whack a quiz in there or something like that, see if we can get some guests on. So I'm sure we'll have a final pod of the season anyway. I wonder how many we've done this year compared to last year. I reckon it's probably about half, isn't it? We absolutely just went for it last season, debut season. We're all a bit bored of each other now. <laughs> um, yeah, the honeymoon period is done. <laughs> yeah. Um, thanks, as always, for listening, people. And uh, yeah, let's let's hope we're previewing a playoff semi next time we're together. Thank you, John. Thank you, Jack. See you later. Thanks, James. Thank you.